Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. The Final Four is set in basketball's playoffs, and BetOnline Sportsbook has you covered with all the odds, props, promos, and parlays for the conference finals. Use our promo code BLEAVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the link in the description to this episode. BetOnline, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. And podcasts aren't live. That's the whole purpose of podcasts. You can listen however and whenever it is that you so choose, and we appreciate that you have decided to stop in here with us however and whenever it is that you may be listening We've got a fantabulous show today. According to my count, it is Wednesday, May 17th, but it may not be that according to your count. You might be listening however and whenever it is that you so choose. So today on the show, we have got a lot mixing and matching together. We Monday talked about the Philadelphia 76ers Boston Celtics Game 7. Yesterday was our draft lottery show, which draft lottery always takes precedent here on the show because... It is the most wonderful day of the year, and we made a commitment three years ago that we would be the number one NBA draft lottery coverage in all of sports and basketball media. This would be the show dominating your draft lottery coverage. So today we're going to circle back around to some topics in the NBA. We're going to talk about the Golden State Warriors later on in the show and how the Warriors are a unique dynasty, and even as they compare to other great teams, their end feels a little bit predictable as pieces slowly but steadily disappear. You're going to lose Draymond Green. You're going to lose Bob Myers. Jonathan Kaminga, a.k.a. Cumbucket, says that if he's not going to get a bigger role, he'd like to be traded. The Warriors are considering moving Jordan Poole or Jonathan Kaminga for more balance in the rotation. We're going to talk about the Warriors and what comes next for them. little bit of a eulogy, a little bit of a an appreciation for what the Warriors accomplished because they lasted about three years longer than I anticipated they would. So we'll talk about that coming up later on the show. First off here, I would love to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers 
and the Denver Nuggets. And this is a little bit tricky because I got to go into work today doing sports talk radio for Sacktown Sports 1140. You can find it on YouTube, Sacktown Sports. And uh, if you want to hang out two to six, I'll be on today. So we're recording this Tuesday morning. It is May 16th. We don't know the results of the draft lottery. And we're recording this before tonight's game one between the Lakers and the Nuggets. But this is tricky because you guys are listening to this podcast after game one of Lakers and Nuggets has concluded. So let's do a big picture look at the Lakers and Nuggets series today. Individual games we can break down as the series goes along, and maybe that's what Wired Up will be for if we have a really, really good game in the series. But since I'm recording this before game one, wanted to take a big picture look at the Lakers and Nuggets series because all season long, I have been pounding my fists on the table and saying... People who think the Western Conference is wide open are correct in terms of the fight for second place. Because the Western Conference is going to be won by the Denver Nuggets. I've been saying that since February. The Denver Nuggets were going to win the Western Conference. We brought all the nerd stats to the table, all of the historical comparisons... Wow, that was, that was hard to say for some reason. Comparisons. We brought all the historical comparisons, all the nerd stats, the PER rankings, Jokic's win shares, the team's SRS rankings. We brought it all to the table to point out the fact that the Denver Nuggets are the best team in the Western Conference, and it's not even close. And like the standings bore that out. They were like seven games up in March on the number one seed. But it wasn't like a fluke or anything like that. The rest of the Western Conference was incredibly weak. Henceforth, the seven-seed Lakers, who were the 13-seed back in November, are now in the Western Conference Finals after I said that the Lakers would not make the play-in round at the All-Star break. They would not make the play-in. And here they are now in the Western Conference Finals. And we've talked a lot about the Lakers. We did a whole podcast on the evolution of Anthony Davis, so I'm not going to spend today diving too deeply into the Lakers side of things. What I'm really interested in with this series is the first chance to try and recreate the 2020 Western Conference Finals. And the 2020 Western Conference Finals, I have learned, have been pretty unmemorable. People I work with, people who we've had on the podcast, they forget that the Denver Nuggets made the Western Conference Finals in the bubble of 2020. First of all, a lot was going on in 2020, not just with the pandemic and sports restarting in the middle of the summer. Every sports league was also playing at exactly the same time. Major League Baseball was playing, hockey was playing, the NFL had started. Every sports league was playing at the same time, and lost in the shuffle was the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers. And what got lost in the shuffle is one of the greatest playoff duels of the last five years. Because if you were to ask who are the best players in the NBA who are currently between the age of 26 and 30 right now, who are the best players in all of the NBA age 26 to 30? The top five that I would give you are Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Anthony Davis, and Devin Booker. Apologies to Donovan Mitchell. Apologies to who's on the fringes of this. 
Basically, if you're a dra- uh, uh, Damian Lillard's older than that. Apologies to anyone else who thinks they might have a stake in this game. The five best players in the NBA, 26 to 30, are Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Devin Booker. And by the way, data bears this out. Because if you look back at this generation of NBA basketball, which I think we can articulate the Warriors 2019 when Kevin Durant tore his Achilles, Clay Thompson tore his ACL, the end of the Warriors dominance in the Western Conference where they won five consecutive conference titles. In the years since then, the teams that have gone to the Western Conference Finals have been Nikola Jokic, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James, although I still articulate Anthony Davis was the best player on the 2020 Lakers. Nikola Jokic, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, who played in the 2021 Conference Finals. I'm blanking right now. Who? Oh, Kawhi and, the, Kawhi and Paul George, but Kawhi was out by that point. Then 2022, you had Steph Curry, age 33, Luka Doncic, age 23, and then this year you have Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic. The three best players in the Western Conference in their physical primes right now are Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, and Devin Booker. Now, Steph Curry's probably better than one of those two. Perhaps you might articulate that Kawhi Leonard, when healthy, is better. Kevin Durant might be better. Regardless of semantics, the three best players in the Western Conference right now are Devin Booker, Anthony Davis, and Nikola Jokic. Jokic and Devin Booker played in the second round of the playoffs. Denver ended up beating the Phoenix Suns, and now the Phoenix Suns are getting ready to move off of Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. And the Lakers beat the Warriors, an undermanned Warriors team that we'll talk about in a little bit. And for the second time in four years, the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets are going to play in the conference finals. And I bring this up because lost in the shuffle was one of the great battles of the last five years in the 2020 Western Conference Finals. And you've heard me bring it up a couple times on the podcast. The Lakers won game one of the Western Conference Finals in 2020. And in game two, with four minutes to play, they had a two-point lead on the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic scored the final 12 points of the game for the Denver Nuggets. Anthony Davis scored the final 12 points of the game for the Los Angeles Lakers. With 31 seconds left to play and the Nuggets down by one, Jokic hit a layup. Five seconds later, Anthony Davis hit a mid-range jumper to give the Lakers a one-point lead. Six seconds after that, Jokic hits a mid-range hook shot to give the Nuggets a one-point lead. Within 12 seconds, the lead has gone, Jokic gives Denver a lead. Anthony Davis gives the Lakers a lead. Jokic gives Denver a lead, all by one point. The Lakers missed two shots, grab an offensive rebound, call a timeout. Inbound pass from Rondo to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis fading three-pointer from the wing, makes the shot, buzzer goes off, Lakers win, 105-103, Buzzer beater three-pointer gives the Lakers a 2-0 lead in the series. They'd go on to win in five because 
kind of broke Denver's spirit with that 2-0 series lead. Maybe Denver would have lost in six. Maybe Denver would have lost in seven. But in that series, game three ended up going to Denver with an eight-point win. They only lost game four by six points. And remember, even if Denver loses that game, it would have been a 2-2 series. Maybe Denver goes to the NBA Finals that year. Maybe Denver ends up winning the championship. The Lakers were a better team, but had they won that game too, with Jokic and Anthony Davis scoring the final 24 points of the game, maybe Jokic wins that battle against Anthony Davis. And again, Anthony Davis is three years older than Nikola Jokic. Anthony Davis has battled injuries over the past few years, and Nikola Jokic is now a two-time league MVP who almost won a league MVP the following year, this year, for three in a row. Nikola Jokic is better this year than he was in 2020. He's a better player than Anthony Davis. The Denver Nuggets are a better team than the Los Angeles Lakers. And if they were close to pulling off the upset in 2020, if they were an Anthony Davis fading three-pointer away from potentially going seven games with that Laker team, which was the best version of the Lakers, man, this year's series is going to be really interesting and fun to watch. And I'm really, really glad that in the conference finals, we get the two best players in the Western Conference dueling it out, potentially, just like they did three years ago in Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals in the NBA bubble. So, let's talk about the Golden State Warriors, because the Golden State Warriors season is over. At the same time, I'd regard this Golden State Warriors season as a success. Why? Because there was really not a scenario where they should have beaten the Sacramento Kings. And I'm not even saying that just from the, we live in Sacramento, our first year working in sports was the radio producer for the Sacramento Kings. Like, the Sacramento Kings were clearly a better team than the Golden State Warriors throughout the regular season, and in the postseason, their victories, their average margin of victory was in the uh, about nine points in their losses to Golden State. Their average margin of defeat was about nine points. And if that game seven goes a little differently for Gold- for Sacramento, maybe that average is a little bit lower. But besides the point, like Sacramento should have won that series in five or six games. They didn't. And so the Sacramento Kings lost to Golden State. Golden State made it to the second round of the playoff, which for the level of talent they had on that team was a major accomplishment because that was not one of the four best teams in the Western Conference. And they became one of the four last standing teams in the Western Conference. So this season we could regard as an overachievement for the Golden State Warriors It just doesn't feel like an overachievement when you put it in the context of them being the defending champions and the context of the Golden State Warrior dynasty, which is, for all intents and purposes, the modern San Antonio Spurs. The Golden State Warriors won four championships 
in eight seasons. The Golden State Warriors have done it with the same core of three players. Now, in our book, The Spurs Dynasty, a historical account of the most successful dynasty in North American pro sports, we articulate the fact that the San Antonio Spurs had really three different teams win the championship. The first one was Tim Duncan and David Robinson. The second one was Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili in 05. The third one was Tim Duncan and Tony Parker in 2007. So even in their three and five years, their team looked different. I could articulate the same point for the Golden State Warriors dynasty as well. Like they went through different iterations. They brought in Kevin Durant, who took them to three championships, one, two, and one, two finals MVPs. There was the 2019, or sorry, the 2015 season where it was Steph Curry and it was Draymond Green and then Andre Iguodala came in clutch at the end. There was the 73-9 and season where it was Klay Thompson winning in Game 6. They looked different. And then obviously last year, Steph Curry was the number one guy and Andrew Wiggins was the number two on a championship team, which we won't really talk about as much in the grand scheme of things of the Warriors dynasty that Andrew Wiggins was the number two on a championship team, a championship team that granted didn't have to face the 63 win Phoenix suns in the playoffs and benefited from injuries to the Denver nuggets, but nonetheless NBA champions who beat the Boston Celtics at the end of the 2022 season and won a fourth championship within the context of the golden state warriors Everything they've done has been dynastic, and when trying to do a eulogy for the Golden State Warriors, they don't really fit into any mold because the Golden State Warriors are such a unique team to try and look at going forward. And the first reason that they are incredibly unique and they don't follow the standard structures, like when we talked about the Milwaukee Bucks, for example, we drew comparisons to the... Houston Rockets of James Harden and Chris Paul and then became the Rockets of James Harden and Russell Westbrook for one season. If you follow the standard structures and systems of the NBA, you have about four or five years of a win-now window. That win-now window is opening for the Memphis Grizzlies right now. That win-now window was four years during LeBron's run in Miami, LeBron's run in Cleveland, You have about four years of a win-now window, and the reason you have four years of a win-now window is that's about how long it takes to spend all of your resources, and because the NBA is salary-capped and everyone gets an equal dispersion of draft picks, everyone starts with equal resources, and it takes about four or five years to spend all your resources. The standard model for this is you... Sign all the players on your current team to extensions, which removes your cap space. You then trade draft picks in order to upgrade the roster win now. So you first spend all your money, then you trade your draft picks, then you trade your second or third star player in a win now upgrade at the end. Think the Rockets trading Chris Paul and two first round picks and two pick swaps for Russell Westbrook. Think about the Milwaukee Bucks trading Drew Holiday for all their draft picks and now potentially looking at trade partners for Chris Middleton. Think about the Golden State Warriors. Back when they went 73-9 and and were spending their money, by signing Kevin Durant, it was trade Andrew Bogut to Dallas, let Harrison Barnes walk, ironically, also to Dallas in free agency. Festus Azili retired after that. Andre Iguodala left after the 2019 season when it was 
figuring out how to balance the money with Durant. Like these pieces move around because that's just the structures and systems of the salary cap in the NBA. And so because everyone gets equal money under the salary cap, because there's max contracts, so all your star players make the same amount of money, because the NBA has a system where they disperse draft picks equally among all the teams, so everyone has one first-round pick in each draft into perpetuity, and you can't trade draft picks beyond like six or seven years, basically. Because that system exists in the NBA, the structures are very similar. Golden State is unique in a bunch of different ways, and the first way is they will spend way into the luxury tax. Golden State has more financial resources than most of the other teams they're competing with. And that's because Joe Lacob and uh, Peter Gruber, I think his name is, is the other owner. Joe Lacob and Peter Gruber are content to, one, lose money to put a competitive product on the floor, and two, pour their own money into a privately funded stadium on the waterfront in San Francisco with which they receive all the profits from a team that has sold out every single game for seven to eight years. And so... What's interesting about San Francisco and the Golden State Warriors is that they don't mind spending more money than anyone else and paying gigantic luxury tax bills. When James Wiseman got traded basically for Gary Payton Jr., if you follow the trend of the fifth round picks being, or the, the second round picks being swapped between Portland and Detroit and Golden State, basically gave up James Wiseman for Gary Payton. When they made that move, they saved close to $100 million just because of how crazy their luxury tax bill was. So Golden State has no problem spending money unlike the other teams. And the other difference that Golden State has is they are the rare franchise that drafted three Hall of Famers. And drafting three Hall of Famers changes the structures and systems of the NBA because literally no other franchise has been able to do that. And I know that when you reach a certain contract threshold, you get extended and all that stuff. In the NBA, you get a little bit of leniency in extending your homegrown players. And Golden State has taken advantage of that. Steph Curry's gigantic extension was a benefit from that. Clay Thompson's four-year extension when he first signed after tearing his ACL uh, made it so that he could basically sit out two seasons and still be totally fine with the financial systems of the Warriors. I mean, once they got rid of Kevin Durant, they obviously weren't fine when Klay Thompson was gone, but like it wasn't this catastrophic move that they extended Klay Thompson to a max contract where he only played two of the four seasons. It wasn't like the end-all, be-all for the Warriors. They were able to recover from that. It took losing Kevin Durant, but they were able to recover from that. If you remember when Kevin Durant first signed in the first place, the reason they were able to do that is because Draymond Green had a four-year extension where Draymond Green was only making, I believe it was like $15 million per season. And so the the flexibility on Draymond's contract, plus the once-every-25-years boom in the salary cap that we wrote about in our book. Again, you can buy the Spurs Dynasty available now wherever you get books, as we wrote about that 2016 salary bump and Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors and all that stuff. What's interesting about it from the Warriors' standpoint is that drafting three homegrown stars, drafting three Hall of Famers, and having those three Hall of Famers continue to play for your team for 10 years 
is a competitive advantage because no other team drafts even two Hall of Famers. I'm trying to think of the teams in the NBA right now at the top, how many of them drafted their two Hall of Famers. It's Chris Middleton, who's not a Hall of Famer, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA. It is Tatum and Brown. Maybe one of them, probably Tatum, might end up in the Hall of Fame, but right now, you know, we'll see what ends up happening between them being generation. I don't think either of them are generational talents, but Tatum kind of exists in this in-between space between the current generation and the older generation. Tatum's the closest thing to it. That's only two. The Miami Heat signed Jimmy Butler. The Denver Nuggets drafted Jokic and Jamal Murray, but Jamal Murray's never made an all-star team. Just having three Hall of Famers drafted by your team provides a competitive advantage, and so it gives the Warriors this flexibility, both financially and in terms of roster construction, that other teams haven't had. I bring all of this up to say, The Golden State Warriors are unique. The dynasty was unique. Their roster construction methods have been unique. And yet at the very end, they are about to look very similar to the dynasties that preceded them. Just piece by piece, you're going to see the dismantling right in front of our eyes. And in a lot of these cases, we see it happening in real time. If you remember that last dance documentary that came out with the Chicago Bulls, People kind of knew in 1998, it's now or never, baby, because Scottie Pippen's contract is up. Jordan's talking about retiring. The Bulls want to fire Phil Jackson and bring in the guy who was coaching at Iowa State, whose name I forget. Like They were pretty much recognizing in real time, this is it. Uh, The San Antonio Spurs recognized in real time, this is it, as they lose... Tim Duncan to retirement in 2016. Manu Ginobili retires in 2018. The Kawhi Leonard fallout happens in 2018, and they trade him. The Tony Parker uh, leaving for the the Charlotte Hornets in his last year of his career. You saw the unwinding happen little by little. They lost one piece, and then the next, and then the next, and then it kind of spiraled as they tried to stay competitive, but they didn't have the, the financial flexibility or the draft picks to remain flexible. And losing Kawhi Leonard ended the whole thing, as we articulated in our book. And there's one example that comes to front of mind when talking about the Golden State Warriors, and it is the Dallas Mavericks. Because the Dallas Mavericks, if you'll remember, they were not quite as dynastic as the Golden State Warriors, But you looked up one day and you saw that the Dallas Mavericks went from winning the championship in 2011, which I would articulate that that Dallas championship was the weakest NBA champion until the 2022 Golden State Warriors. Like the 2022 Golden State Warriors and the 2011 Dallas Mavericks are very comparable in terms of one-off championships and taking advantage of some well-placed injuries and upsets across the rest of the league. And the reason I bring this up is because if you look at the rest of Dallas's run after winning the championship in 2011, and if you want to compare Dallas to the Warriors, I mean, there is a good comparison to be had just in the case of, like, yes, they didn't win a championship, but Dallas 
went to the conference finals in 2005, went to the NBA finals in 06, number one seed in 2007. 2008, 2009, they weren't as good, but they made the conference finals one year. Then they were the number two seed in 2010, and then they were the number, uh, and then they were the NBA champion in 2011. So a similar five-year, or sorry, a similar eight-year run of excellence. Obviously, didn't end in as many championships as the Warriors, but I bet you that if Dwayne Wade had gone from the Dal- from the Miami Heat to the Dallas Mavericks in 2007, like Kevin Durant did, there would probably be a couple more championships in that Dallas Mavericks repertoire. So, you know, played in two championships, four conference finals, eight-year run of success with the Dallas Mavericks. And when it all came to the end and Dirk Nowitzki's body was breaking down and they didn't have a second all-star, I mean, that championship team had Jason Terry and Jerry Stackhouse and Tyson Chandler and Jason Kidd, but, like, if I lined up Jerry Stackhouse, Jason Kidd in his late 30s, Tyson Chandler, like... That is very similar to this year's Warriors team. It is Clay Thompson in his mid-30s coming off of two years' worth of injuries. Very similar to Jason Kidd. Tyson Chandler, Kevon Looney, basically the same player. Tyson Chandler was grabbing 20 rebounds a game in that finals. They are basically the same player. Kevon Looney, Tyson Chandler, uh, who was the other? Oh, Andrew Wiggins and uh, what is his name? Stackhouse. There's a comparison to be had there. Like... That Dallas Mavericks team that won the championship in 2011 is very similar to the 2022 Warriors. And I bring this up to say, after Dallas won the championship, it was 7th seed in the West, losing in the first round, and then three consecutive seasons of winning regular season games. They won 49, 50, and 42 and all of them ending in first-round losses because there was just no method for reinforcement. They spent eight years trying to surround Dirk Nowitzki with win-now players, and they didn't draft very well. They missed on a couple pieces here and there. The 2007 season ended in wild upset. But once Dirk Nowitzki aged out and they didn't have the reinforcements they just kind of stayed around the seven seed. And the Golden State Warriors just kind of stayed around the six seed for most of this season. The Los Angeles Lakers with Kobe Bryant is another good example because after the 2010 championship, which you, everyone knew was Kobe's last title, everyone knew the Lakers went all in to get that title. Yes, they still had Kobe. Yes, they still had Pau Gasol, but everyone knew that the Celtics were a better team the next year. The Miami Heat had just gotten LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh together for 2011. People knew that that was the last... Oh, the Thunder made the conference finals that year in 2011. Like, people knew that was kind of the last run for the Lakers. And very similarly to Golden State, the Lakers in 2011 won a first-round playoff series and then got swept out by the Dallas Mavericks. And then the following year, lost in the first round, traded for Dwight Howard, lost in the first round, Kobe tore his Achilles. And then that was it. It was second round exit, first round exit, first round exit. One last all-in move, because remember, they traded for Steve Nash, gave up Andrew Bynum and all of their draft picks into perpetuity for Dwight Howard. 
They had one last all-in move, and it didn't work out, and then that was the end. Just like what the Rockets did. All-in move for Russell Westbrook, ends in a second-round exit, and now we're tearing the whole thing to the ground because we have no reinforcements left. Golden State's in the same spot. They got no reinforcements left. And the team is not good enough to compete. And they're going to try. They're going to move on from Draymond Green. They, uh, Anthony Slater and Sham Sharania were reporting after the season because everyone is coming to talk about what the Warriors have built and what is going to happen next because Draymond Green is going to be out of there. Bob Myers, the president for the last 10 years, he's pretty much on his way out the door. Joe Lacob's basically been running the team from the general manager standpoint for the last two years, and Bob Myers has not been offered a contract in the top five of highest paid executives in the league. So Bob Myers is going to be out of there as president of the team. The report by Anthony Slater and Shams Sharania talked about how the Warriors plan to move on from either Jordan Poole or Jonathan Kaminga. It was leaked out after their defeat. It was literally Saturday morning, literally hours after the Warriors got eliminated that Jonathan Kaminga would either like a bigger role or to get traded, which excellent leverage play, Jonathan Kaminga. Best nickname in the NBA. And by the way, this is a podcast, so I can actually say that Cumbucket, which is Jonathan Kaminga's actual nickname, Cumbucket wants a bigger role on the Golden State Warriors offense. Not sure how that's going to look. The Warriors, uh, from the reporting, they want to trade either, we mentioned they, they want to trade either Jordan Poole or Jonathan Kaminga. They already flipped former number two pick James Wiseman for basically Gary Payton, which... Oh, man, I thought they were going to get at least two first-round picks for James Wiseman. I didn't realize his value had tanked so far that he was only worth Gary Payton and roster-saving and money-saving move. Like, Golden State next year will essentially consist of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Kevon Looney, and everything else is up in the air, and they don't have draft picks to go get someone and they don't have financial flexibility to sign one of the big-time free agents because that financial flexibility, even while they spend in the luxury tax, I think Bomani Jones brought up this point, they have basically three of the ten worst contracts in the NBA now. Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, I guess Wiggins is the other one that might be suggested there, but like the Golden State Warriors have very little reinforcement and nothing they can nothing they can sign in free agency will be enough to turn that team around cuz there's just not a good enough player available in free agency there rarely ever is and they are the exception that proves the rule because they got Kevin Durant and no one's been ever been able to even come close to replicating that kind of free agent move to the level of success Golden State had there is rarely ever such a player that is an impact that makes such an impact and is available for you in free agency because everyone in the league locks the players down long-term, even if there's a semblance of a chance. We did a draft lottery show, the most wonderful day of the year with ping pong balls falling and lotteries calling 
Like, we did a show where basically, like, Victor Wembenyama could play zero games in three seasons for the team that wins the lottery, and they would sign him to a five-year max extension. Because if you have even a semblance of being that kind of great player, the team will re-sign you. Like, they will re-sign you hard stop. And so because those players are never available, there's not a way for Golden State to find reinforcements. They don't have the draft picks. They can spend as much money as they want. They just can't get a player who's as impactful to get them over the hump that way because they just have such high expectations for themselves. I expect Golden State will make the playoffs next year. I expect they might even make the second round of the playoffs. At the same time, Anthony Edwards and the Minnesota Timberwolves will be better than the Golden State Warriors next year because Anthony Edwards, with that team... As long as he's the focal point of that offense and they stay relatively healthy, Minnesota's going to finish with a higher seed than Golden State. So you've got Minnesota jumping over Golden State. Phoenix should be getting better because they'll have the ability to sign and trade for players that they couldn't when it was giving up everyone for Kevin Durant. And by the way, having Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and potentially the financial flexibility of trading DeAndre Ayton Having that flexibility will give Phoenix the opportunity to actually bring in impact players to make their roster better. Phoenix will be better next year than they were this season. The Clippers will theoretically be as good next year as they were this year. Maybe Sacramento is the team that falls back to the pack with Golden State. But like I said a second ago, Minnesota will get better than Golden State. The Lakers were better than Golden State this year, and they were a seven seed, so we can presume the Lakers will jump Golden State. Golden State is falling to the back of the pack, and this is what was expected when they fell to the back of the pack because as unique as we think the Golden State Warriors dynasty has been and as unique as Golden State's run of success has been in the second win that I said wouldn't happen, I said after the... Clay Thompson injuries and Kevin Durant leaving, I said that they would make a second round of the playoffs, maybe make a conference finals, but they would never make it back to the championship. And they made it back to the championship. It Granted, it came from that Phoenix team losing in 2022 because I still believe that Phoenix would have beaten Golden State had they gotten to the conference finals. I also believe Milwaukee would have beaten Golden State if they had made it to the NBA finals. But that's besides the point. Golden State was one of the four best teams in the NBA last year, and I did not expect they would ever get back to being one of the four best teams in the NBA. And they ended up winning a championship out of it. This time, I feel confident saying this is it. Because there are just no more reinforcements for Golden State. And as much as I believe Steph Curry's game is going to age gracefully into his 30s, we saw it this year, man. Steph Curry cannot beat the Sacramento Kings by himself. And I know he did beat the Sacramento Kings by himself. They should not expect to beat that team if they played another seven-game series. Like, Steph Curry barely was able to get past the Sacramento Kings. And the way he did it was Harrison Barnes missing a three-pointer. Harrison Barnes missing a three-pointer at the end of game four was the reason why Steph Curry was able to single-handedly carry Golden State over Sacramento. That's probably not something they should bank on. And if Sacramento's the line of demarcation, buddy, I believe next year Sacramento might be in the play-in round of the tournament. And look, I'm in Sacramento. I'm watching this Kings team, man. Phoenix is going to be better next year. The Timberwolves are going to be better next year. The Lakers are probably going to be better next year. If Zion Williamson plays for the Pelicans, they're a top six team in the West. 
buddy, the, the Sacramento Kings might be in the play-in tournament next year. And the Warriors, as presently constructed, are probably not as good as the Sacramento Kings. And so, as great as Steph Curry is, and as great as Kobe Bryant was, and as great as Dirk Nowitzki was, as these guys age into their mid-30s, they have to have a support system. LeBron has a support system of a generational star in Anthony Davis, and it took him leaving Cleveland and going to Los Angeles, a team that spent four years tanking prior to LeBron getting there, and then trading five years worth of draft picks. It was Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, both number two picks, Josh Hart, who is a first-round pick. It took years of tanking for the Lakers to have the resources to acquire an Anthony Davis, and then it took another five years for the Lakers to get consistency out of Anthony Davis. I know they won the championship in 2020. It took five years for them to get back to that place that they were hoping to get to. Like, it's just really, really hard to continue to be good for so long. And LeBron learned this years ago that jumping from team to team is the way to always replenish the asset cupboard. Kevin Durant learned that jumping from team to team is the way to replenish the asset cupboard. And Steph Curry's going to be a warrior for life. There is no doubt in my mind he's going to finish his career with the Golden State Warriors, and he's also going to finish his career playing on some 42-40 and 40 Golden State Warriors teams that are going to be spending some time in the play-in tournament because they should not have given Jordan Poole that extension. They should not have traded Wiseman for Gary Payton. They sold they sold low on James Wiseman. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. They sold low on James Wiseman as a cost-saving move. They're going to sell low on Poole or Kaminga, and they they have no real reinforcements outside of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney, and likely Jordan Poole. And that that team is not good enough, even with Steph Curry. That they have no all stars. Wiggins is not an all star. Clay Thompson is not an all star. Looney, as great as he was against the Warriors, was not an all uh, against the Kings was not an all star. Gary Payton Jr. is a role player, and Jordan Poole is a guy. They would have been better off giving Divincenzo more minutes and $12 million a year than giving Jordan Poole the $100 million contract they gave him. If that's the core of your team, it's just not going to be good enough to win. And that's okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. As always, we have episodes every Monday through Friday with occasionally wired-up episodes on Sunday as well. If you want to hear our full podcast discussing the evolution of Anthony Davis, that's available from last week. If you want some New York Knicks talk, we did that on Friday. Comprehensive 76er Celtics analysis. Analyze the NBA draft lottery. By the time you're listening to this, you know the draft lottery results. If you want all the breakdowns of the lottery, the most comprehensive coverage is available on Tuesday's episode. All of that and more is available for your viewing pleasure, and we appreciate you stopping in however and whenever it is that you might be listening. Five-star reviews, greatly appreciated. Downloads, always huge. That's how you can support our dreams more than anything else. If you want to take it a step further, you can buy our book. It's called The Spurs Dynasty. We alluded to it in the show with the Golden State Warriors talk. The Spurs Dynasty is available wherever you get books. If you want to check it out, we always, always appreciate it. In the meantime, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. 
Take it easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.